Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, everybody. It's a little different in that it is not uh, Tuesday night. It's uh, Wednesday afternoon, at least here in California, where you're listening. It might be into the evening uh, by now. But um, we had a little bit of technical difficulty yesterday, and uh, uh, my phone was just dropping calls right and left for some reason. And once I drop a call uh, on on this program, uh, it just shuts down the entire, uh, the entire episode, unfortunately. So, and we couldn't start again until the next day. So here we are. Um, luckily our guest, um, was, uh, kind enough to come back and take another shot at it today. So, uh, I am very happy to, uh, introduce to you, um, Isaac, uh, Tolpin. Isaac is a, uh, a business entrepreneur. He's been very successful uh, in the business field. He started a number of companies and is also sought after as a speaker and seminar leader for uh, leadership among business and uh, uh, business owners. Um, but in the last uh, few months, uh, he and his wife, um, have taken off with a, a something new uh, that he's very excited about, and I'll, I'll be letting him tell you about it, but uh, uh, a ministry to families and uh, married, covering marriages, covering men, um, men's issues, uh, parenting, and uh, it's just, uh, it's really taken off, uh, according to Isaac, and um, they're very excited about what God is doing and and, and this new development. Now, I'll tell you right now that uh, Isaac is the father of eight children, which should give him somewhat of a, of the right to talk about <laughs> parenting. Um, yeah, that sounds like a small version of summer camp to me. Um, but uh, uh, we're excited to have him with us. And so uh, I'd like to officially welcome Isaac uh, Tolpin to to the catch on blog talk radio welcome isaac oh john thank you for the introduction and so great to be here i'm excited to talk about these important issues yeah uh thank you so much uh, for being willing to uh stretch this into a, a second day i really appreciate that um oh for sure one why don't you tell us just so that we can kind of get a, get to know you a little bit um briefly about your your business experience, and then what has led you and your wife into this new uh, family ministry? Well, I've done a lot of things. I've been an entrepreneur since I was very young, just kind of wired that way. I became a believer when I was 23, and 
shortly thereafter married, and it's been a journey of having kids while doing entrepreneurship and ministry and marketplace ministry. And, um, you know, I was in direct sales when I was younger, um, built an organization that ended up doing $10 million a year, um, doing all kinds of interesting things there. But that really gave me a purview into young adults and really what's happening with culture and where it's heading because I was working with so many people in my organization. And it really, you know, attracted me to leadership and leadership development sense of, you know, founded a couple of companies, uh, one of which was a colossal failure and, you know, dealing with that while, you know, having a family and, and so forth on the financial side was interesting, but God is faithful. And uh, really feeling, you know, more recently, my wife, you know, she's been uh, home with the kids, but also purposeful, you know, writing Redeeming Childbirth, a best-selling book, bringing God back into birth and uh, pregnancy and so forth. Uh, but also she has CourageousMom.com. She's been doing that a long time, but really felt God's prompting to go, you know what, you have all this experience uh, and leadership and, you know, biblical truth and raising kids and married 19 years, you know, it, this is literally what I feel like God was telling us. I want you to go do this. And so really uh, it's been exciting as my wife and I joined forces to do courageousparenting.com um, and, you know, those resolute man uh, as well. And resolute man is to help men reject passivity and embrace their God-given role as pastors of their families and to lead in the marketplace in a biblical way. And uh, courageous parenting is to equip confident, help parents equip confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. And so it's been a lot of fun. Well, I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested in, in your, uh, that you picked that one, one area of emphasis, uh, rejecting passivity. Um, I, 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 I think that's very key, and especially in in ministry, because uh, I I do have noticed over the years that I think uh, Christian men, especially, have a tendency to to struggle with that. They they don't know where to where to assert themselves. They they're you know they're seeking to be humble, um, but where's the where's the blend there and. Uh, um, I think sometimes people look at Christian men as being uh, a little wimpy um, as a result and maybe afraid to uh, assert themselves. And uh, so I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on you know, why particularly that part is so important, uh, rejecting passivity. Well, I think there's um, a bit of uh, maybe a silent war against masculinity, actually. And, you know, of course, people listening, some will agree and some will disagree with that, and that's okay. But I, I really think there is, and I think that um, God made men to be good leaders. There's nothing uh, about masculinity in and of itself that's bad. However, oftentimes, uh, you can just look, let's look at some simple examples of the war against ma- masculinity. Look at any shows that depict a family that kids watch and families watch. Um, just think of some of those shows. And if you really look carefully, you'll start to notice that um, everybody disrespects the father uh, mostly out of anybody, um, that he doesn't really play a great leadership role, that um, he's submissive in a lot of ways and, and passive and, you know, made fun of even. I just think that that's – yeah. Oh, I just have to break in here because that goes all yeah. the way to, uh, back to Ozzy and Harriet. I don't know if you remember them, but, boy, he was always bumbling around. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things that, I mean, you can stretch it to other things, but, um, and I think there's, there is a temptation for men to be passive when it comes to leading their families. And I think there's a temptation for women to actually rise up. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's wonderful. And women are totally capable and amazing leaders. And, uh, but, but what men tend to do is when women rise up, men tend to shrink. And you know what? Kids need both. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you think there's something about that? I, I've often wondered about, um, you know, you go all the way back to Genesis and uh, um, you know, God is, God is asking the men in in Genesis to be the wage earners and the protectors and and uh they're gonna work in the field and by the sweat of their brow and and then then he turns around and and uh the the part of the curse of the woman is that uh I believe the exact wording in the at least in the King James is that, that her desire shall be after him after the man and he will rule over her and it it almost looks like um you know that is actually part of the way god set it up and that in in our in our flesh uh we actually have a tendency to to just reverse that just like you said um do you think there's something to that yeah i, I mean we could if we believe in the bible then we believe in the Bible, right? So you, we can't just take the parts we like and and then admit the parts we don't like. And so, from a, just a logical perspective, you know, before I became a believer when I was 23 and I was already successful in the world's eyes at a young age, um, I either had to take all of the Bible as truth or none of it, because either it is truth or it's not. And when you read that scripture, I bring that up because when you look at that scripture, that is what the Bible is saying, and it's saying that. Um, you can look at this another way too. Look in any organization and business and, you know, sports teams and so forth. There is usually, at least the ones that perform really well, a leader, somebody where the buck stops with them. And there's other leaders too, but there's usually a leader. And God designed the family to there, for there to be a leader. Now, the husband and wife are equal in value in God's eyes and should be in our eyes. But there is roles, and when the roles, when we are biblical about the roles, it is beautiful what happens. My wife, if you guys check out Courageous Mom, she's a go-getter. She's a speaker. She's confident. She's courageous. She, she, she can do amazing things, and she does amazing things. But you know what? She purposefully submits to my leadership. And that word submit, submit can, can feel bad if you don't understand the biblical truth behind it. But it's actually a beautiful thing because it causes me to rise up and lead, recognizing that I'm actually the pastor of my own family. I think we need to realize that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's why do you think it's so hard um, for men? Why do we shy away from taking that kind of responsibility? Well, I think that human beings naturally gravitate towards the easy path, and sometimes we ourselves don't read the Bible. And if we're not reading the Bible, we don't feel equipped to lead our families in a biblical way. We don't feel equipped to be the path. Just saying that probably causes a lot of people listening to go, 
whoa, I'm not like my pastor at church. What do you mean I'm supposed to be the pastor of my family? Well, if you have a good pastor, they're not making it look difficult to understand the Bible. That's really important. Mm. The Bible is actually Mm. very simple in what it's saying. And if we read it, we're going to understand it if we're seeking to understand it. And, and I think that's a thing. I think men are just literally not in the word of God. And I believe that um, sometimes Mm. the marriage relationship makes it hard for them to lead. And I think it's the weirdest thing though, because you see men leading so well and women, by the way, in the marketplace, but we're talking about men right now and men are leading. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't bring that back into their home. It's like once they get home, they shut off their leadership and then they, they get distracted by sports or, you know, just lounging and eating and chit-chatting, but there's a lack of purposefulness in their leadership home compared to maybe in the workplace. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's get real personal now. <laughs> this is, this is me. Yeah. I, I am, I, I read, my, I know my Bible pretty well, uh, but I, I struggle with, um, I'll be honest, I struggle with saying that the buck stops here. I, I don't want the buck. I'd rather, I'd, I'd often rather pass that off to my wife. What is that? Where does that come from? Uh, and, and how would you encourage somebody like me? Um, yeah, I to, appreciate to the transparency. strong about that. <laughs> yeah, good trans. And and by the way, I no, I notice it myself at times too. So we're all in this boat together at times. And um, it's it's one thing like if in the home setting, if the wife doesn't give room for the man to lead, sometimes he doesn't step up because while wow, she's doing it, she's doing a great job, and I've worked really hard and all these things. But I think it's a lack of vision actually. And mm-hmm. what I well, my wife and I both have had very early in our marriage is a multi-generational vision. So let's say somebody has two kids, or let's say I have three kids. They have a bigger family in American standards. Okay. Um, are you raising three kids? Well, yes, Isaac, I'm raising three kids. Well, okay. But what happens when those three kids have kids? And let's say you put, you created an environment, a biblical environment where kids are a blessing, for example. So let's say they all have three kids. So now you're dealing with, you had a family of five, two parents and three kids, but now you have a family of 14. Okay, what happens when all those kids have three kids? And what happens to the next generation when all those have three kids? You're talking about like 100 people. And so are you raising three kids? Not really. And so I think if we have a short-term vision of what we're doing mm. in leading our families, we don't give enough purpose to it. And I think God put within us wow. a natural wiring for achieving things. And if we don't see the power of our leadership in our home achieving something great for the kingdom of God and having impact in the world, we may just become passive. So in other words, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not like a, a leader of, three kids i'm i'm like a leader of a hundred people ultimately there you, there you go if you're legacy minded right yeah yeah and so that does give me 
family. It's not, this isn't just, you know, this isn't just getting through life somehow. You know, I just, you know, I just want to raise my kids so they're reasonably happy and maybe they, and hopefully they love the Lord and, and, uh, then they'll go off and, and do whatever they do. And, and I will say, great. I, uh, you know, I was relatively successful as a parent. Um, that's actually missing the boat, isn't it? It, it is missing the boat. And, and I think another, another reason or passive, and this is going to get personal here, but it could be deliberate, consistent sin in the man's life. And mm-hmm. if we have, let's just bring up the word pornography real quick. A man mm-hmm. is addicted to pornography, which 80% or more are according to statistics. And that's even in the church. I, I read a stat where like 58% of pastors are addicted to pornography. Yeah. Um, if that happens, it's probably low. How are, yeah, how are we <laughs> going to proactively have a conversation with our kids about pornography and the dangers of it and talk about how addictive it is and how horrible it is for your future marriage and how it separates you in relationship with God, active relationship with God. And um, if we're not obedient to him, we're deliberately sinning over and over and over again. How are we going to have that conversation if we have secrets like that? And so our Mm -hmm. secrets cause passivity. So how, how do you tell me, um, how do you have some some helps in that area? How do you work with uh, that uh, that issue? I, I I understand there are a lot of people uh, who are who are rising up and realizing the problem of pornography and uh, seeking to do something about it in terms of giving people uh, help and resources. Uh, are, are, what are you are you guys? Um, dealing with that yet or is that something down the road that you plan on on working your way into well i definitely can speak to it um and i've definitely helped other people with that before and i think it's important um to have accountability so the challenge is the enemy wants us separated. the enemy wants us um to live our own lives and you know be strong and not need people. The problem with that is God built us to have to need people. And if we're not in relationship, if we have a fierce independence about us, and we're not in a kind of relationship where we tell people the things we're struggling with, the most personal things, asking for their accountability, and having that kind of accountability, then you almost for sure will fall to sin. In, in these ways mm. and it's really important not to do that because there's a beautiful thing now that should if somebody's married that should be in their built into their marriage where there's equal access to devices email uh, google history all of that should be like my wife has access to everything there's not a single thing she she, she doesn't know or have access to and that is really important and likewise because women are falling too so it's really important to have mm. that but you know, we can't run our own race. We need to run the race by spurring each other on. Okay, so that accountability 
is uh, is, is really important. Um, how does how do you encourage that uh, to happen uh, among you know among men? I think um, you know it's pr- there's such an issue of pride, um, and uh, a lot of times when men to get get together, you know, it's just kind of a lot of ha hawing and back slapping and. How do we get down and get real? Um, and, and and how how do we help to create uh, the kind of fellowship that we really need? That would include uh, being accountable with uh, even some of the secrets in our lives. Well, I think you know the best place to find biblical people is in a church setting. Um, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, there are challenges even with the Bride of Christ right now, church, uh, where right. it's very seeker-friendly and there's a lack of real discipleship and a lack of people really getting real like that. And so you have to pray for it. I would say the first thing is pray for godly men, maybe just one. Pray for one mm-hmm. godly man that you can build mm-hmm. a relationship to get real with and hold you accountable. And ideally, if it's just one, that person would be older than you. That person would be wiser than you. That person would know their Bible better than you. They would be a mentor kind of person. And I would pray for that person to come into your life. And then I'd be looking for that person. And then when you see possibilities, I would cultivate relationships intentionally with those people. Hey, can I coffee with you? And then once you've built a relationship with them and you think it might be a person that to get that uh, kind of accountability from, then ask them, hey, do you mind if we meet once a month or twice a month? I, I'd love to learn more, and I'd love to have somebody that um, I can share things with and hold hold me accountable to being um, a, a man of God. That's great. That's great. Um, uh, that, and I love that. That's very practical. Uh, what? Isaac, what would you say are some of the uh, uh, most important elements uh, of a strong leader? Well, that's, that's a great question. And I think that a great leader is a great listener. And if you're talking about hmm. um, with your wife or your kids, I mean, I'm gearing this a little more towards family right now, but it's true in business too. It's like, if you're just barking all the time and talking all the time, um, you know, you're not going to really be able to make the wise decisions and lead in the way that's best for the people. I think great leaders uh, know what's in the hearts and minds of their people. I believe that's a John Maxwell quote, but that quote always stuck with me is they, they understand what mm. not only, in the, not only what they're saying, but what they're not saying. And that takes um, praying. There's a good book by Henry Blackaby called spiritual leadership. It's one of the best. I've read a lot of leadership books. Uh, Christian and non, mm-hmm. and unfortunately more non-Christian leadership books, but the, a Christian one that's actually one of my favorites stands out is Henry Blackaby, uh, Spiritual Leadership, because it says the first and most important thing a leader should do is get on their knees and pray for the people. Because how else would you know what's in the hearts and minds of your people if you don't have the Holy Spirit interceding for you to understand that? And what yeah. happens when you pray for people it sets your intentions towards them in a very uh, humble mm-hmm. way. So I think humility is an important aspect too. But mm-hmm. I will tell you another thing that's kind of some people might think is the opposite of these things I'm saying is is 
rejecting passivity and standing for truth, even if that means a tough kind of love. And this is where I believe a lot of the church is getting it wrong. And they're allowing Mm. people just to continue in their sin. They're allowing people to uh, have this pleasant look on Sundays, but all these secrets during the week and that are corrupting them and not real accountability. And I think that takes leaders willing to say the truth people need to hear. That's biblical truth. Even if somebody doesn't want to hear it, but doing it in a Mm. loving way, but a loving way doesn't mean a passive way. Sometimes a loving way is strong and in somebody's face. Mm. That's great. So, uh, and, and I guess Isaac, you would say that, uh, I'm sure that you mean you, uh, you were talking about getting down on our knees and praying for people who are leading. Um, well, that, that would include getting down on our knees and praying for our wives and our kids. Um, that's, uh, that, that might even be where it all starts. Would you say that? Most importantly, most importantly, yeah. it starts there and because of our ambition in us, sometimes if we're really honest with ourselves, we focus these efforts outside of our family. When oh, wow. if we yeah. focus it first, if our greatest ambition is for our leadership is for our family first, don't you think God's going to honor that and everything else you do? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when I was ordained, um, uh, one of the one of the words that came to me through the uh, the pastor who was leading it uh, was saying was basically saying, um, uh, if you are faithful uh, to your family, uh, then God will give you His family. Take care of. Mm. But you like got to be faithful with your family first. And, and it starts uh, with the marriage. The marriage team is yeah. so crucial. You've got to be proactively nourishing your marriage. I believe the most powerful team in the world can be the marriage team. And I believe the most important hmm. position that exists in the world. Well, Isaac, would you be willing to come back next week and talk about that with me? Absolutely. Parent? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. That would be great. And I would love that's to share first, a scripture if I... Please. Can I, can I share a scripture? Yes, yeah, so right in first, since we're talking about pornography and addictions and things like that, um, yeah. sometimes in the, in the moment we can feel like we can't not do it. And I just want to demystify that real quick with one piece of scripture, which is 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God says we are able. That's great. It's, it's 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 believing that, and then it's taking taking the way of escape when it's given. You know, yeah, for sure. Wow, that's super. Well, 
uh, in just the last couple minutes here, I, I'm thinking of um, ResoluteMan.com. I, I want all of our listeners to know about that. That's the website for, uh, especially for men, ResoluteMan, all one word, dot com. And uh, tell us, uh, what what are we going to find um, uh, when we go to ResoluteMan.com that will be useful to us? Yeah, absolutely. So ResoluteMan.com will, um, and it's just getting going as far as the blog posts and so forth, but you're going to start to see more and more uh, blogging there. And soon there will be a Resolute Manifesto there that's free and something that really challenges you and gives you direction as a man. Um, And then on social media, Resolute Man, uh, you'll find a daily post. Every day you'll find a post on Instagram and Facebook that has to do with being a man that rejects passivity, lives biblically, and leads unapologetically. And how do we find that uh, for <laughs> novices like, like like me with a Facebook and all that? It, how would you find the social media part? Yeah, just, uh, just search for Resolute Man, and you'll find it in both places, Instagram and Facebook. If you just do oh, the search okay. box, like Resolute Man. That's all we yeah. need to know is Resolute Man. Okay. That's right. That sounds cool. That's great. That's great. Well, Isaac, I want to thank you so much for being our guest and um and and we will uh we'll look forward to having you back uh next Tuesday and and then we'll talk about parenting. How's that? Oh, I I would love to and thanks for having me here, John. This was great. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much, Isaac. God bless. God bless. Okay, you guys. Well, there you go. That was really helpful, I think. It was helpful to me. I hope it was helpful to you. And uh, uh, Isaac is, is going to be with us next week, as you heard. So um, this will be this will be super um, to, to uh, hear a little bit more from him, uh, especially about about parenting. Well, listen, it's been great. Great to have you. Thanks for joining us on this uh, rare occasion of Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday afternoon. We look forward to seeing you next Tuesday night. Take care. God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.